Hey friends, TJ and I are in the studio, and we're going to continue a series that we started last week on the Eastern Pennsylvania Annual Conference, and you probably know that from the show title. Uh, before we get into it, just want to say we're coming up on 2,000 subscribers on YouTube, and that's pretty cool. So uh, thanks to everybody for continuing to watch our stuff and and share and subscribe. We're really uh, excited and happy that other people like what we're doing. Uh, we enjoy it quite a bit too, so um, let's just continue to pray that this is a useful thing for people. Um, as we're about to dive back in, um, it's important to, to reassert that this, the intent is not just to uh, point out, hey, look at a dumpster fire. Uh, it's more kind of to digest what's going on uh, inside of the United Methodist Church, but also uh, for those that are coming out and going to the Global Methodist Church or other denominations or thinking about going independent, um, there's just a, a, a lot of arithmetic that needs to be done about what particular challenges and problems that we want to invite into our lives and in the lives of our churches. Uh, I don't think anyone would argue that banding together in something akin to conferences can be greatly beneficial for local churches, but depending on who you bind yourself together with, there can be a lot of fallout and a lot of suffering. So uh, it, it seems to me and and TJ, after watching, we 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 went to YouTube and we found the live streams of three days of their uh, proceedings, and we didn't watch every sec- second, but we read uh, Joe DiPaolo's um, article, Methodist Meltdown in Miniature, that was published on the 20th, where he kind of catalogs many of the, the things that he noticed that were really upsetting or disappointing about that time together. We already covered uh, that Thursday, that was the first day, um, which was, let's see, it met on May 18th through 20th, so we're going to, we already covered May 18th, kind of good, so if you haven't seen that, go go back to that, we, we do a better job of setting up uh, what was going on there. The, the long and short of it is, there are a lot of pressures pertaining to, like, they were already shrinking uh, before disaffiliation season started, now they have a lawsuit of 50 churches banding together to try and bust their way out because the, the provisions for disaffiliation are not at all easy or fair, in my opinion. Um, but it's just bad for morale. They they have um, a lot of churches closing. They have a majority of their churches that by their standards are not vital or healthy. And the bishop is trying to facilitate a hard pivot with what I think they were calling a strategic plan, a hard pivot to make more of their churches vital and to, um, uh, I don't know how much we'll talk about it today, to end racism. That is their reasonable goal, and um, it was just received as very heavy-handed. Bishop Scholl has a, a lot of um, resentment uh, from other people in his wake towards ways that he's been heavy-handed in the past. He gets a vision, he makes it happen, um, and see, he seems to have come with this understanding to this conference as well. So we're, we're going to be diving in on Friday in the way that um, Joe uh, DiPaolo um, summed up Friday. He said, things began badly during the opening business session. Setting the bar of the conference resulted in controlled chaos as the limits were changed several times and delegates moved chairs around to squeeze into the approved space. We watched that. It was very stressful, but we don't have a clip for you because it's just what you imagine. It's a prolonged period of let's let's move them here, and then who's there, and then there's a lot of concern for disabled people that that couldn't be in certain spaces. 
Uh, among the first resolutions was a sadly familiar one, the closure of five churches. What should have been a simple, if sad, decision was complicated when conference attorney Matt Morley offered an amendment from the floor that the, quote, annual conference supports and encourages the bishop, district superintendents, and district boards of church location to utilize paragraph 2549.3b. This is the notorious paragraph which follows, which allows bishops to declare exigent circumstances and use local courts to seize the assets of a local church recently invoked by the Bishop of Eastern North Carolina to turn out the members of Wilmington's 5th Street United Methodist Church. We covered that on Plain Spoken. You should search uh, 5th Street, or we might put it in the show notes if we remember. Delegate Pershback eventually prompted the bishop to have the proposed amendment withdrawn and the closure resolution passed cleanly. And then the next morning, Scholl apologized to the conference for complicated things, admitting that he had been behind the amendment and explained that it would not apply to any disaffiliating churches or even the 50 engaged in a lawsuit to leave the conference. The amendment was put up on the screen as a standalone resolution. Scholl called for a vote, despite the fact that there was no particular person or committee named as a sponsor. It had not been submitted into writing in the de- uh, to the de- delegates beforehand as conference rules require, nor had it been moved to the back of the line after all the previously submitted resolutions had been addressed. Okay, so that's what our first clip is going to be. Is um, So I think... Uh, okay, so I think what happened was on Thursday, they had the opening business session, figured out where everybody was going to sit, proposed this resolution that came out of nowhere, and then what we're going to look at right now is Friday when he's getting this pushback. All right, so here we go. So, microphone four, do you want to speak for or against? Uh, Well, first of all, I'm a little confused because are we treating this as a new resolution or an amendment to the resolution we passed yesterday? Well, what we passed yesterday did not have the amendment attached to it. It no longer has it attached to it. So this is a new resolution? It's, It's a resolution from the standpoint that We've given it a resolution number so that it stands on its own and not attached to anything else. So then I would first of all suggest that we haven't really had any speeches for or against this resolution at this point. There was some discussion of it as an amendment, but it may be a different point at this point. The body Um, can do what it likes. And so, you know, we're going to work through this uh, as the body would like. I've just said that there are three speeches that were made for it. Three speeches, one speech that was made, uh, three speeches made. I wonder how often he does this. The body can do as it likes, and he just means himself. Well, thanks for that clarification. I'm the boss. So then my my primary concern is I think this is a violation of our rules. Uh, Article 8, number 2 states that resolutions shall be printed and distributed to members of the annual conference at least 10 days prior to the annual conference. These resolutions shall have a first priority upon the work of the annual conference. So I would suggest that this should be considered after all of the other resolutions have already been uh, dealt with. That's what okay. DePaula was saying. So Let's move it to the heel, give to preference the to those that have already been submitted properly. And what rule are you referring to? Uh, Article 8 resolutions on page 106, number 2. And I get that some people aren't nerds, but if you're going to be officiating over a body, presiding over a body, and you don't know that body's rules. Well, I've noticed that seems to be a common thing with these bishops. They don't really seem to know. Like in Oklahoma, for example, Jimmy Nunn, he kept having to ask. And then there is the 
parliamentarian. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, what do you do next? Like, looking like, for the rules. That's weird. How long have you been doing Anybody this? Anybody can help me there? Yeah. I, well, uh, yeah, and a lot of people have book. said what over the it? years, we just need to have a parliamentarian oh, run things three. rather than a bi- bishop. Right. If we're looking at the bishop as the presider, president. after the announced deadline or during the reading. annual conference session will be reviewed by the agenda committee. In consultation with the presiding bishop, this committee will determine which resolutions will be printed for distribution to the conference members. The agenda committee shall include the conference secretary, the chairperson of conference sessions, the executive director of Congregational Transformation Connectional Ministries, and the conference lay leader and the dean of the cabinet. Those persons met this morning um, the legislation was sent out last night, and it was on the screen yesterday and also on the screen now. Well, so first of all, that uh, just says that the, the committee will determine whether it will be printed. It doesn't say that it would uh, circumvent the first priority of the legislation that was already distributed 10 days prior. And also, I'm not sure that it's been printed uh, and distributed to the body at this point. They emailed it out the night before, but it didn't get out to everybody. As we'll see in a right. clip from t- uh, the following day. But the agenda committee also has a responsibility for ordering the legislation. Correct, which was done. We have an agenda, and this isn't on it at this point. This is being inserted. <laughs> uh, I think, again, based on the the uh, rule number two, item number two, that it, this should have the uh, printed, previously printed resolutions uh, distributed 10 days prior should have first priority. All right, thank you. I see somebody coming to the microphone. Be, yes, Mark Young, microphone number one. And he just moves on. That's where TJ cut it off. So yeah, you, you, you found that remarkable because of this next section where he just moves on and doesn't come back. Well, yeah, it's, they, it's this constant thing of he's just like, Oh, okay. Well, we'll go to the next thing. And then just ignores it and then calls a vote and then they move on to the next thing. It's just like, he says, well, well, the body can do what it wants, but it doesn't seem like the body's doing what it wants. Like he's getting pushback and he doesn't agree with it. So he's like, I oh, will just move on. And this moves on. Yes. And, um, he, this is something that held on. I found this document um, what was it called? The uh, issues raised by the United Methodists of the Eastern Pennsylvania response from the extended cabinet. This is something that they put out after the conference, where they talked about the strategic direction that was proposed and largely rebuffed by the annual conference. They talk about some financial stuff that I had not understood until reading this just a little bit ago. But the very last thing it, it addresses is. Uh, uh, criticism. A motion was presented on day two in the morning that lacked a sponsor and did not follow the process to be included, and the response is the motion presented was sponsored by the conference chancellor. He was the one who presented it. I was thinking that a sponsor is someone who doesn't present it. Who's like, I like that. I sponsor, but maybe not. The agenda committee met you know, I think I'm wrong. Never mind. Take that out. <laughs> the, the agenda committee met early on the morning of May 18th to approve adding the motion to the agenda as the first item of business to be considered by the annual conference, which is what he just said. I think if we had that other gentleman with us right now, he would say, uh, you just can't do that. That violates the rules of the the conference. Um, there's also the um, the actual proposal that we have here that got 
emailed out, which, um, uh, as I said a moment ago, did not get to every um, delegate. And so uh, it was never printed for some reason. I guess they're just biased against the olds who don't have digital uh, know-how. But um, this this was the language, which pretty much just says you can use paragraph 2549.3b. And we talked in the last episode about why they would want that to be adopted. It's to uh, uh, put future heavy-handed behavior uh, on the annual conference saying, hey, this is this is what they wanted. I'm doing it for them. Yeah, you, so. guys, you guys voted to do this, so we're just doing what you voted to do. Exactly, exactly. Just taking the blame off themselves is all it is. Well, let's watch another clip. This one you have titled, We Don't Trust You. Oh, yeah, this guy. I don't Okay, sounds sounds like it's going to be very uh, measured. Please, uh, please, uh, we, oh, we won't, thank you. but you do need to give your name in church. These are all in chronological Barna, order. Okay. New Hanover Methodist. I am a fourth-generation Methodist. I am a cradle Methodist. Are you speaking against? Or? I am speaking against. Okay, thank you. That's in order. To be honest, we do not trust you or the district superintendents <laughs> or the people that may follow you. Good night. You say that this would not be used in a harmful manner. Oh, this is the same I resolution. I ask you, Bishop, you make, yeah, that, you make that statement, but yet within our United Methodist Church, our own judicial council has ruled that we have a bishop that was elected illegally. He's talking about Oliveira. But we haven't done anything about it. I understand that there are 28 annual conferences who have publicly declared that they would not follow the recommendations of the 2019 he's going nuclear. general conference. Yep, he's right. There are countless others. Within our disaffiliation process, we did roll, get run into roadblocks. Perhaps not intentional, but they were there. You asked us to give you a million dollars to fund various functions within the annual conference. But as I understand it, the pension fund is fully funded. I don't understand that. When I went Finances are a big and deal started in Sunday school, I was taught the golden rule. I was taught that we would treat others like we would have others treat unto us. As I went through Sunday school in my sixth grade, I had a Sunday school teacher who introduced me to the writings of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I didn't understand it then, but I've read it since, and it has really affected my life. But I cannot trust the word of an organization that willfully allows people to take illegal actions and get applauded for it. That is not what the United Methodist Church is for. Thank you. Thank you. That is a speech against. We've had two speeches for, two speeches against. So he starts off personal, we don't trust you, but then it turns into an institution. We just can't trust an institution that, that allows for lawful dis or, yeah, the, the intentional disobedience and breaking of our 
rules. Um, he speaks pretty clearly there, but it's the same uh, diatribe that conservatives have been doing for, I don't know, uh, when was Olivito elected? 16? I think it's 16. Yeah, it's been seven years. It hasn't been effective. Like, they just don't care. It's water off their backs. Like, yeah, they're on the side just, of right. You know? He just moved on to the next thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the, the overall rhetorical point is you're asking us to give you authority. Okay, you asked us to give us money when I don't think you needed it. Now you're asking us to give you authority when you're not even using it to defend our discipline. So, no, I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> Which, I mean, I he doesn't even argue against it. Not that he could as, as presider, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, plenty of other times he stands up and he does his pastoral thing. I, I would think that that's something worth, if there's something worth saying there, but I think Shoal all but acknowledges, yeah, that's my agenda. Yeah. All right, uh, the next one is the body is ready for a vote. Yeah, this is just him. Speaking for the body again? Yeah, speaking for the body, just pushing his agenda kind of thing. Um, Microphone so. number five, we're in the midst of a vote. I. I know we're in the midst of this vote, uh, but I, I name got and confused. Church, name and church and person. Uh, Timothy Fisher from Penargo Grace. And your purpose? I'm a little confused on the one uh, amendment that was added, uh, and I'm wondering if we could see the entirety of the resolution. A light green with the amendments shirt. that were added. I don't know if I've I don't know if we can see that. I think the. The body has indicated that they're ready to go to a vote. Um, it's not showing the language of the amendment. they're feeling comfortable with what they know and what they see. That's so bananas. So we'll move to a vote at this time. There it is there. I think that's just That's the original of resolution, but not the amendment. by language. saying aye and raising your hand. Aye. All opposed by the same sign. Oh, and it's the same motion of giving it carries. <sighs> yeah. Dude, that seems so crooked. That's almost like he's just trying to push everything through. It's not. It's he just railroaded it in. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. That's so overt. Yeah. So he spends all this time on day one fostering like a time of listening, and anybody can say whatever they want. Right. And then he ram <laughs> he ramrods what he yeah. wants in and then he blames it on the body he's like well the body wants this yeah. so uh, we're just going to go ahead and do it like man i got to tell in the middle you of a vote. i've been thinking since last week and i've been kind of sympathizing with Shoal. i'm like man he's got a declining annual conference he needs to whip them into shape they're being recalcitrant you know and then i'm watching this and i don't <laughs> feel any pity for him at all what was yeah, he thinking yeah. golly all right this one's called please ask a question we're going to move now to the order of the day, the leadership report. Point of order number six. And I apologize for not yelling that sooner. Um, Kevin Kresge, uh, Marduckville, United Methodist Church, licensed local. Um, woot woot. I licensed was not here pastors. and party to yesterday as I was returning from Israel. Excuse me, sir. Yes. You have a point of order, which means we're not following our rules. Well, can I you, was you... trying to make my point of order before we voted. I understand. But tell me what rule we did not follow. It's Same not a, it's, it's a question so as a necessity uh, of the vote. They just take that uh, vote on um, the, the, 
the resolution giving extreme powers yeah, or yeah, the yeah, exigent circumstances. So the vote we just now saw. Yeah, so this is right after that. So, so he's saying, I was trying to get up here and do a point of order before mm-hmm. you called the vote, and he did force that vote through pretty quick. Okay, so he's saying, I tried to get up here. Um, you made a statement earlier, Bishop, that I, I'm, and this is why I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up. You made we're, a statement we're going, earlier. We're going back into debate. Right, I'm not attempting to debate. Okay, the, so... I'm confused, and I want, I'm just asking for some clarification. All right, please ask your question. Okay, so during your comments earlier... Start, uh, start with a question. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to? No, you're making a statement. Uh, no, I'm, I'm really trying to ask a question. All right, go ahead. During your statements earlier, you mentioned that the two churches that I'm assuming that this resolution is in relation to uh, had spoken that they had accepted the appointment of a pastor. Was that in the present before the determination or after that exigent circumstances needed to be used, which would necessitate something like this? What, what, what I said was that we had been working with the congregation. The congregation agreed to receive a pastor, but under the conditions that it would only be once a month, the first Okay. Of the the month, we told them that that would not be acceptable. We they wrote back to us as of late yesterday or in the afternoon, late morning, and said they would abide. Gotcha. Yes. Thank you. I just needed that clarification. Okay. Thank you very much. We're now going to move to our leadership report, and I'm going to invite those who are giving the leadership report to come forward at this point. Microphone number six. Bishop, I respectfully request a written ballot on that motion. Oh, we've already voted. We can't. We've, we've already, already voted. voted. And so you can't take a written ballot. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> Wait. Uh, so the, 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 the voting method, did he have them to raise their hands or just? No, yeah, no. He had them raise their hands and say aye or. Well, he, and then I he and, called the vote. As a victory for him, yeah. But then, um, uh, I've never had it happen that people contest if they got fifty percent and say we're going to need a written ballot, and he just he doesn't even confer with the other people. Yeah, now he's like, oh, you've already voted and it passed. Sorry, man. This would that. put such a bad taste in my mouth if I was there. Yeah. I uh, I don't miss this. I no part of me misses this. All right, this next clip is. Not ready for a vote yet is what it's called. Oh, so this is in the middle of the strategic plan. Um, so we've we've got past all all the other stuff. He's he's presenting the strategic plan, um, and he just got him and a couple other people, I guess, that were involved in it up on the stage in like a kind of a group discussion thing, just talking about it. And uh, <laughs> this guy's tired of hearing it because they've been going on for like an hour. He's like, hey, can we vote on this? Well, okay, so let me talk about the strategic plan a little bit because this is the bishop's pivot. He's discerned, and I don't know that anybody's really pushing against him, that the conference is not doing well. They're in decline. So he, um, uh, I don't know if it's a distinctly liberal, I mean, I think a lot of conservatives sign on to it now, but there's this belief that if you change policies, people change their actions to comply with policies. So like, if you have a no smoking sign, then that means people don't smoke in those regions. So similarly, if you set goals, people are more incentivized to like meet those goals. So 
he wants to just set new goals for the conference that are ambitious. So I, I got this this article, EPA considers future direction despite loss of some churches. This was put out before conference session. So it talks about some of the plan. Uh, quote, one ambitious goal is to increase the percentage of vital congregations from 25 to 35% by helping churches focus on five markers of vitality, worship, small groups, mission, stewardship, and making new disciples. That goal requires cultivating passionate disciples, vital congregations, and transformational leaders. The resolution reports progress in some of these markers, and among other specific priorities like ending the sin of racism and responding to missional opportunities, that progress included uh, in a number of other regions. Um, But additional strategic direction objectives, each with quantitative measures, call for the conference to create a culture of call to pastoral ministry, grow participation in a new curriculum, train facilitators to help congregations end the sin of racism, equip leaders to engage their congregations in interpersonal community outreach, equip leaders to lead their congregations to financial health by fostering generosity and sustainability and managing church resources, develop more di- more diverse young leaders through camping, retreat, uh, use the EPA's new regional structure to help superintending teams support clergy. So part of the new structure is that they didn't want to combine with Greater New Jersey, but they wanted to have, oh, heck, I forget what it's called. It's called a, uh, I wrote it down here. Um, no. An affiliation, I think, is what it's called. So they weren't trying to combine. They are trying to have an affiliated relationship with the New Jersey Annual Conference, and this was not received well at all. So there were a number of things where he's just kind of strong-arming the culture. And um, I don't, TJ, as I read through all of those different things, how much of that resembled something you would find in the Bible? Like, did that feel real biblical for you as we're talking about training people and coaches? And- no, it just sounds like some nonsense from a leadership class somebody took at a terrible college is all it is. Like so this is what's left speak. after you get rid of any kind of shared sense of what it means to who Jesus is, what a disciple is, what our mission is. If you've had longstanding disagreement about these things and you're just trying to move forward, then all you do is corporate speak, trainings, vitality, all this, because that's all that's left, and it's not going well. It's never gone well. It's worth remembering that ever since 1968, when the United Methodist Church was formed, it's been in decline every single year, and it's because we don't know what we stand for, so they're going to use words like discipleship, but unless you're clear on what a disciple is, that means nothing. So uh, it's just, um, it's an impossible situation that for some reason people still think, oh, we're, like we haven't been doing it, we're going to send kids to camp, we're going to have a culture of call, like we've been talking about this for decades, I keep saying we, I'm not a part of it anymore, y'all have been talking about it for decades, how's that going for you? It's almost like if you talk about anything other than the gospel in the gospel's place, it's going to be fruitless. All right, here's that clip. Yeah, uh, Dan Meter, North District, serving uh, licensed local pastor for Jim Thorpe and Weatherly. Uh, appreciate you guys putting all this information out there. You guys have been doing a great job of communicating out this to all the oh, districts and conferences right. via email okay. and yeah. letting them know what this is all about. 
I uh, appreciate the panel being here today to answer all these questions. Um, but I'm wondering if it'd be out of order to call the question. <laughs> well, the, 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 the motion hasn't been on the floor, but we get your point. So um, we'll go to microphone number three, and then one, and then we'll go to, uh, I see number six. So please try and keep it uh, brief so we can get those last three in and then move toward, uh, toward the, the conversation legislation. Yes, microphone. So it's more of, uh, I mean, they're just up there and discussing the thing as a panel, and it's not officially a resolution before the body. So he's going to keep talking about it because that's what he wants to do. It's just the kind of, and to be fair, there were only three other questions after that before they actually got to the vote, but it was on his timetable. Need to make sure that all of you people understand this and we've got it talked about. I, I, and he's talked about it as much as he wants before um, we move on kind of thing. Got to get it out of his system. Yeah, yeah very good. Here's the next We're going to go to microphone five. Just a couple the minutes later, that right? was there earlier. Yes, you, that's right. You can come to microphone number five. State your name and church. And just to make sure, what you need to do, if that's your desire, is to move to suspend the rules to move to a vote on the legislation. Okay, microphone number five. <laughs> I'm not sure why they would have to suspend the rules. You've called for the question. You just have to say, I move to suspend the rules mm -hmm. to call the question. Mm -hmm. All right? He's getting, he's I getting move to suspend the rules to call the question. All right, thank you. <laughs> that is, if you could give us your name and church, that would be helpful. Dan Meter, North District, Jim Thorpe, Gray St. Paul's, and Centenary Weatherly. All right, is there a second? And then they took the vote. Did they take the vote right then? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So he, that was after the, the three or so people um, got up and asked their questions about the strategic plan. And then he calls them back up and said, oh, now you can, now you can ask for us to call, a, call the question, call it to a vote, whether they want to adopt the strategic plan or not. All right, so here's what uh, DePaulo says. Also on Friday, a new strategic plan or direction was presented with Bishop Scholl and plan formulators sitting in a row of chairs, talk show style, to discuss its importance for a full hour. When Delegate Dan Meter came out to the mic to call the question, the bishop explained that the plan was not yet properly to before delegates as a motion. After 10 more minutes of questions and comments, Scholl recalled Meter to make his motion, instructing him that calling the question required a suspension of the rules to move to a vote, even offering specific wording for the motion. It passed, and the bishop then called for a vote on the plan without debate. When the clergy delegate Robin Heineke objected, Scholl explained that having voted to suspend the rules, the required minimum tally of three speeches, four and three against, no longer applied. Scholl could, could have counseled Meter to make a different motion or otherwise pause the process to allow people to be heard. Instead, he moved to a vote and the plan passed, though by no means unanimously. Heineke complained that this did not jibe with the oft-repeated assertion of transparency on the part of conference leadership. So it does seem calculated when you watch it, like you see Van Meter or whatever his name, kind of balking, like he, but the bishop supplied the language. Okay, if it gets us to call the question, let's do it. Um, well, and he specifically told him to, to 
suspend the rules. Suspend the rules yes. when the rules would be you get three debates exactly. for and three against. Yeah. So it was like it wasn't just calling the vote. It was calling so the vote like and what you would want is this guy going, okay, wait, why do I have to suspend the rules? Right. What, what rules am I suspending? But he's just wanting to move on with it. Uh-huh. It's an awkward moment. You can tell he feels awkward. And then the bishop, I mean, the bishop knows what he wants to do, so suspend the rules. Right. I wonder if there's another way to interpret that where the bishop doesn't look quite so manipulative. Um, I, I, I don't know enough about par- parliamentary procedure where he could be doing something else. Yeah, that, yeah it was just a weird thing to, to call for a suspension of the rules when it wasn't necessary at all. I assume Unless, this one's related. This next clip is called That's What Call the Question Means. Yeah, I think it's just him being uh, snippy with Smoky. the person. Yeah. Mr. Fisher, Penargil Grace. This must be Heineken. Uh, the vote that we just took, it was my understanding that it was no, to call his, his a question. Yes. That was the vote, was yes. simply the call the question, yes. not the vote on the actual matter before us. Well, that's what call the question means. Microphone number one. <laughs> and it just goes on to the next thing. Like, That's what called the... Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, all right. Here's the final clip from day two. Appeal to the Judicial Council. All right. This is, this is going up above the bishop's head now. Um, this is the only thing to be done whenever you don't like a conclusion that's reached at annual conference. Timothy, uh, my name is Timothy Fisher Penargil Grace... I didn't hear what your request was. Okay, now I'll request that this be taken to the Jurisdictional Council for okay. ruling on your ruling. Okay. Uh, are you asking for a question, a decision of law? Is yes, that correct? That's okay. correct. All right. That you have every right to do that, and that will um, be, uh, you know, we'll follow our procedures and policies uh, for questions of law. We're now going to go to the vote. All okay. And then just right. moves on again. Yeah, so anytime you see, so Shoal is, he's an interesting person because he decides to camp out on some things a long time. And then other things that that I I would think interrupt the the fabric of a good social environment at annual conference, he just goes right past. He doesn't yeah. say anything else about it. And it's just, you know, everybody has different discernment, fine, but he really um, seems to invite this caricature of him as this kind of power-hungry, manipulative guy. Um, I, did you have any final thoughts on day two? Because we can't fit day three into this one, I don't think, so... No, that, it just seemed like that whole day was just like him trying to push his agenda through. And I mean, thing, I think we saw that in the clips. Like he's got something he wants done and it's going to get done and it doesn't matter how much pushback he's going to get. He's just going to roll right over him and go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, there. I wish, I, I'm feeling like there's supposed to be something I say on the strategic plan that he presented. And then the finance angle we could talk about on day three because uh, – uh, Day three ends with them not being able to pass a budget because, um, yeah, he's trying to radically change the culture with the strategic plan, and he has to radically change the finances because up until this year, they were not doing the finances in conformity with the Book of Discipline. I don't know the particulars of that, but they're very clear about that in their documentation. Um, it, so the kids and I were watching this new series on uh, Netflix called Our Planet, which is uh, another uh, nature show with David. I think it's David Attenborough, the British guy. 
And it's great, and they're following these elephants, and these elephants are in a place of extreme drought, and so they decide to migrate. But the place they migrate is full of humans and cities, and it's terrible. And they go for a full year, and they finally turn back, and they go back to where they were, and a drought, the drought has passed, and there's now water, and they can live more comfortably. Um, and, and I forget exactly how he summed it up, but you know, when conditions are uncomfortable, that's what causes people to move. And I think what happened in America is people started feeling the discomfort of rising liberalism that, that made traditional conservative theology problematic. And they said, all right, well, let's move. Let's, let's lose our moorings, leave our, our place where we've been, uh, spreading scriptural holiness across the land, uh, deep desire for personal holiness and, and biblical understandings of faith and life and anthropology and sin and all this. Let's migrate to a new place. But what we're finding is we're just leaving God's city and going into the city of man, and it's worse. Oh, it's so much worse, and it's full of CEOs speak and this managerial class takeover, and it's dull and dead, and nobody even knows what these words mean anymore. And so my exhortation was, be like the good elephants and just go back. The drought wasn't real. There was nothing ever, anything wrong with our approach and everything that's gone wrong since is because we left where we started. Uh, we, our love has grown cold. We've forgotten our first love. If you're a good Methodist, go back to where you were. Be a good elephant. Watch our planet. It's a really good series. I don't know how they got all these clips. They have amazing footage on our planet. But even if you don't watch our planet, um, uh, it's worth considering that the, the United Methodist Church is just lost if it continues to go in the same direction. Um, TJ, anything else to say about any of that? No, I think so. I don't think so. All right. Well, TJ and I, I don't know when we're going to film part three. He's going up to Wisconsin for a wedding next week, so we're going to miss this him. Week. This week. Yeah. Okay. The, right. So maybe next week we'll film it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, if you found this useful, go ahead and promote it, uh, share it, send it, comment, do all that fun stuff. Um, if you like what we do and you never are caught up, it's worth looking and making sure that you've hit the notification bell so that if we're doing a premiere or something like that, that you're getting an email about it. You can sign on and see. So, all right, I think that's all for now. I'll see you next time.